Hello and welcome to a new podcast in our weekly series from BNP Paribas Wealth Management. I'm your host Edmund Shing, CIO of BNP Paribas Wealth Management and today we are going to broach the subject of energy efficiency. Why talk about energy efficiency today? Well that should be obvious but in case it's not let me give you a very brief outline. As we know, at the moment, since the outbreak of the Ukraine conflict with Russia, energy prices have been extremely high and indeed have spiked, particularly in Europe. If we think about what has happened since the beginning of 2022, Russian gas flows to Europe this year have been reduced to only 10% of their 2021 levels. As a result of this, long-term European natural gas prices are today around eight times the historic average and nearly nine times the equivalent price of natural gas in the US. So as a result, oil prices are higher, but most importantly, natural gas prices are very high. Europe, in addition, remains hostage to weather conditions this winter because we principally use natural gas for two reasons. Firstly, for electricity generation, peak load electricity generation to be precise, And secondly, of course, heating. And it is this heating demand that spikes over winter and which is, of course, very sensitive to the prevailing temperature. At the moment, we're quite lucky in Europe because weather temperatures are higher than the seasonal average and therefore heating demand is lower than would usually be expected for this time of year. Good news so far. But we haven't really got into winter, so let's see. On top of that, we have seen some adjustment of European gas demand to these high prices already, so-called demand destruction. If we look at the moment, European gas demand overall is around 7% lower versus the same period last year. So there has been some adjustment, but not enough. Certain European countries need to cut demand by more, principally France and Italy, because they are lagging behind the efforts made by countries such as Germany, who have cut demand by more than the 7% average. On top of that, the European Commission is actually targeting a 15% EU-wide cut in gas demand over the winter period from August 2022 to March 2023. So a cut of 7% is a good start, but we still have quite a long way to go. We need to cut demand by quite a lot more over the next few months. But it's not just about natural gas. That is one particular issue related to, of course, Russia and sanctions. But there is a second issue related to oil prices, particularly crude oil. Of course, Russia, yet again, is one of the world's largest exporters of crude oil. Today, OPEC plus nations no longer have sufficient spare capacity for oil production to cap crude oil prices. The OPEC cartel has been able to control oil prices either by raising them, by cutting production, or by lowering them by increasing production. Today, they're running pretty much at max capacity. At least most OPEC nations are already pumping out as much oil as they can for export. And so the ability of OPEC plus nations as a group to increase production to cap prices is actually today extremely limited. So we see an asymmetric profile to oil prices. It is much more likely that they go up if demand increases but it's much more unlikely that oil prices can go sustainably lower because at least in the case of OPEC, they cannot produce a lot more. Another factor to bear in mind when you're thinking about global oil demand is China. 
at the moment. China still has a zero COVID policy, as we know. However, any gradual reopening of the Chinese economy could, of course, increase global oil demand, because we would suggest that Chinese oil demand is somewhat subdued at the moment because of the zero COVID policy. Any even gradual reopening would, of course, put upwards pressure on global oil prices as it would increase demand. And as we've just explained, supply will be unlikely to be able to compensate. There is also a big difference here between the impact in the US and Europe. In the US, gasoline prices have actually already fallen 25% from their peak back in June. So from $5 a US gallon to about $3.75. So that's a big move down, which should of course feed through to lower inflation in time in the US. However, this is not true to the same extent in Europe. Diesel prices in Europe remain relatively high. As an example, the UK diesel price is only 6% below the June peak. So partly due to weak currencies, but also due to very high refining margins for diesel and the fact that we used to get in Europe a lot of diesel directly from Russia in the past and can't anymore, the diesel price has not fallen that much. So again, Europe needs to do more not only in cutting gas demand, but also in reducing demand for diesel fuel in particular, driving less in order to cap energy prices. Where does this lead us? All of this, we understand the problem. Where this leads us, in our view, is to much greater focus on energy efficiency. We still think these are early days for this particular investment theme. To take an example, the International Energy Agency just released a report stating that a minimum of $62 trillion, this is an enormous amount of number that no one can even understand, but $62 trillion minimum needs to be invested in clean energy by 2050. And that's the minimum. If you were to go for a net zero target by 2050, you would actually need to double that investment to closer to $120 trillion between now and 2050. Either way, these are just colossal amounts that we cannot even imagine. There is a silver lining to this, of course, that this investment that is necessary in energy efficiency and clean energy could actually have quite a big payback, could actually be paid for in large part by the saving on payment for oil, i.e. the more clean energy you have, the less oil you use, and the saving you make on payments for oil could actually largely pay for the investment in clean energy over this period. Maybe not in the first few years, but after 2030, we could easily see the payback increasing massively on this investment in clean energy that should, needs to be done over the next few years. And of course, with energy prices being so high today, there is added impetus, added urgency for in particular European countries to increase their domestic energy security by investing a lot more in domestic production of energy, largely via renewable energy. So we see this theme as being extremely valid. We see a big comeback for this theme after what has been a difficult few months. If we look at the performance of energy efficiency and clean energy themes, and you can track these via indices in the stock market, at a global level, they have far outpaced the MSCI World Index since 2019, in spite of the big pullback that we've seen over the last year or so. So they have doubled the performance of the MSCI World Index since the beginning of 2019, even after the pullback. And on top of that, the valuation of energy efficiency stocks has almost halved and is at the bottom of its long-term valuation range. So these stocks, relative to their own history at least, are quite attractive. So you have a combination of strong historical performance, attractive valuations today, 
and we think increased urgency to invest in this investment theme. All of which suggests that energy efficiency and clean energy are still very valid investment themes for the foreseeable future. Thank you very much for listening to this BNP Wealth Management podcast. As I said, it's a weekly podcast. Please do subscribe, like, and share this podcast and this podcast series. And for more information on research from BNP Paribas Wealth Management, please do search in Google or other search engines for the phrase BNP Paribas Wealth. Thank you very much for your attention and talk to you again soon. Goodbye.